Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the New York Yankees official podcast. What I enjoy the most is, is winning, really. There's a side of losing that's very tough on you. You know, from, from the outside, people see you lost the game, right? But for you as, a, as an athlete, understanding how much you prepare to win a game and when you lose, when you lose as a whole, as a team, takes a toll on you. It's a side that's private and you keep it like that, but you know, there's, there's days that um, it's not gonna feel good. There's a fine line between overdoing it and not doing enough. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the New York Yankees official podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. Joining me across the desk, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. What up, Nate? How's it going, John? It's going okay. We are sitting here now looking at the June issues, which have gone on sale now, starting with the homestand that started earlier this week. It's exciting to see them. Exciting to have an interview for this podcast with one of the stars of this issue, Wandy Peralta, an unlikely star, Nate. Yeah, you touched on it in your interview about not really having much in the way of expectations when he became a Yankee. Uh, he was a guy, you know, we didn't really know a whole lot about and you looked at his, you know, career numbers and you said, okay, you know, hopefully it goes well here and he helps out the team. But uh, he has been a more than a pleasant surprise. I mean, he's become a very important part of this whole operation here. So Important part of the operation, important part of the clubhouse for sure. I'm excited that we have this here. I'm, I'm really grateful to Marlon Abreu who helped interpret for me because it's the first episode we've done of this with a uh, primarily Spanish-speaking player who we, we needed to use an interpreter for, but I think that uh, I'm really happy that Wandy was willing to sit. I'm re- really happy that we had Marlon's help. So give a listen, and after that, we're going to discuss a little bit about the story that I wrote on Wandy that appears in the June issue, and give a little bird's-eye view of the issue as a whole. So Nate, let's hand it over to Wandy right now. Let's do it. Hello, hello, or uh, I guess hola. Uh, estoy John Schwartz, aquí con... Uh, Wandi Peralta. Wandi, hola. Hola, hola, amigo. Un placer. Wandi, how you doing? I'm here with Wandi. I'm here also with the New York Yankees bilingual media relations coordinator, Marlon Abreu. Marlon, thanks for helping us out today. Hello, John. So, Wandi, I've spoken to a lot of your teammates, and they've all warned me that in the course of this conversation, I'm probably going to be laughing the entire time. Uh, how do you all make it? How do you make it all look so much fun? Uh, first of all, let me, uh, you know, thank you for having me here, you know, joining joining the podcast. And, and yeah, just like they said, you know, um, I think it has to do um, um, kind of the chemistry you build with your teammates and the um, having a, a, a really good atmosphere where, where you can joke around with guys and, and you can re- be relaxed and, and ha- enjoy uh, good moments, happy moments, laugh. You know, and understanding that at the same time we have a job to do, you know, and the, the responsibility is there. We understand that. But at the same time, you want to have fun doing it. You have the absolute greatest facial expressions when you're on the mound. Uh, uh, do you ever watch any video of yourself and just laugh at some of the faces you're making out there? No, no, Actually, I don't like to watch video. Uh, 
You know, I think it's enough with, with my teammates, you know, and the expressions that I get back from them when I'm doing whatever I'm doing out there. You know, and, and, and honestly, you know, when you get your job done, when you do your job, it just come on naturally. You know, I don't know what kind of expression, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just, it might be a funny face, it might be a serious face, it might be me saying something to the air. And, but I can, they're always asking, you know, what is it that you're saying? And I just reply back, I don't know. I just got the out, I, I, you know. So who is your favorite guy on the team to mess with? To pick one guy only, you know, I'm going to be lying to you, you know. But I think um, it has to do with, you know, what, what you're, you know, the chemistry and, and the environment that you're trying to create, you know. So, um, you know, guys like Alvaro Abreu, Clay Holmes, you know, uh, our, our, our bullpen uh, pitching coach, Harky. You know. Everyone says Harky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the, you know, it's a lot of back and forth, you know, and a lot of laughter. Uh, but like I mentioned before, you know, at the end of the day, um, we understand we have a job to do. Um, I think it's, it's important to do it having fun. And you know, enjoy the time together. I think it, it, it allows you to handle everything that comes with the with your job and the responsibility you have. I think it makes it easier for guys. Uh, it makes it easier for me to, to um, you know, share a moment with the guy and, and, and joke about something, laugh about things, and at the same time have the ability to lock in and, and do your job. Obviously, we're doing this with Marlon's help, and thank you as always, Marlon. But one thing that's clear in talking to the guys is that whatever the backgrounds, when it comes to you, there's no language barrier whatsoever. Everyone understands what you're saying. You understand what everyone's saying, and you guys are able to totally bridge whatever divide there might be from a language barrier. How are you able to find that your ways of communicating with your teammates can cross language barriers so seamlessly? I think it has to do with uh, my teammates love to talk. <laughs> you know, they love to talk. And sometimes, you know, uh, I say something in Spanish and they, and they figure it out. You know, they go and find out what is it that I was talking about. And, and then he makes the round, you know, and everybody knows, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that even if I say it in another language, they, they still figure it out and, and, and come back to me, you know, with a good response. And, and another thing, you know, to add on to that is, is body expression and body language, you know. So, like, if I pick on someone and to be random, if I say Michael King, you know, like, this, this, and that, and I'm pointing at something, or I have, or I'm making a face about something, or I'm using a single word in, in English, and then the rest in Spanish, the idea is there, and, you know, he gets it, you know, and he eventually, you know, a big laugh or a big understanding, and we're, we find ourselves in, uh, in the same page. I think it's a hard thing, though, in, in some ways, and, and I'm, this is an, an indictment of myself, I would say here, I can go up to Mike King, for example, like you said, or a lot of these guys, I can make small talk with them. I can, you know, find out about them, just chat. And I'll, you know, I don't feel good saying this, but like, I've never just made small talk with you or chatted with you. I've only spoken to you about a story. So what I'll say is I know a lot less about you. I think a lot of Yankees fans know a lot less about you. And obviously, again, that's on us. That's not on you. Um, but how do you feel that we can bridge that me and you in a sense and, and, and it, or is it just you know what hey 
I want my privacy and I'm happy if you know the guys who are in the clubhouse don't waste my time making small talk with me. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, yo, yo que esas son cosas que fluyen I think it happens. It's something that can happen very organically, yeah, uh, believe it or not, you know. Um, and I understand, like, you know, I, I, I speak English, and but not to the level where I feel comfortable to give you a full... Uh, full sentences with with all the details but at the same time something that has uh, happened you know across my career for example when I got here I, I didn't know a lot of people you know so you feel a little more um, maybe uh, you know serious uh, you're trying to meet people you know it doesn't take me a, lo a long time to do that one Peralta serious that's what everyone says doesn't take me a long time to do that but uh, just finding a balance of speaking Spanish you know and like guys learning certain words and, and 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 you just find a way to adjust and and communicate you know so um something that happens organically um i don't see it as a as a something that would prevent me from from either communicating or expressing something either serious or fun yeah. so what brings you the most joy on on the field and off the field what are the things that you get really happy about playing out there right on on the field I think the, the, what I enjoy the most is, is winning really um, just you know being out there being able to do my job seeing my teammates that we're on the same page and we're and we're all all working together and winning a ball game. Probably that's what I enjoy the most of being on the field. Off the field, talking baseball, <laughs> talking baseball, you know, talking with my teammates, enjoying the time with them and uh, discussing how we're going to face the the upcoming team, you know, and what kind of, what kind of strategy we're going to put together to face that team and what we need to do as a whole to be successful once we, we face them. Um, and outside of baseball, I my family, you know, I'm my relationship with my family uh, God you know I think it's what really fills me up and gives gives me uh, provides me happiness so what's the worst part about being a major leaguer para mí el que no entiendan there's a side of losing that um, that's very tough on you you know from from the outside um, people see you lost the game right and and, and that happened but for you as a, as an athlete understanding um, how much you prepare to win a game and when you lose, when you lose as a whole, as a team, uh, takes a toll on you, you know, and, and um, it's a side that's private and, and, and you keep it like that. But, you know, there's, there's days that um, it's not going to feel good, you know. Um, at the same time, you kind of, uh, you get over and you keep going, right? And that's, that's the side of uh, uh, professional sports, you know, that, that it's, it's tough to lose, especially when you're all pulling together for something and it doesn't work out. Uh, the second part has to be uh, flying, flying. Uh, I, I hate flying. I hate flying. Um, I'd rather, uh, rather, rather be in a car for 20 hours than fly for one, you know. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> no, para nada. Para nada. Um, I, I, I'm curious what you think about this, because if you look at from the time you came to the Yankees, the way you were attacking hitters, you know, all of a sudden, right around that same time, your change up, you know, way more, your sinker way more, your forcing run slider way less. You know, what do you think makes you effective with the current pitch mix that you have? Bueno, una de las cosas que yo creo que confidence. Confidence is key. You know, I think um, 
you know, the confidence uh, in those pitches, you know, confidence in executing those pitches, the confidence that my teammates and the organization has given me, you know, uh, all that together, tied together has given me, I think, uh, put me uh, in a better in a better spot to, to do my job, you know, and um, I think when all that is working, um, you know, you, you're going to go out there, um, you believe that you're going to get that guy out and you're going to do your job and you just go out there and execute. So let's talk about confidence then, because if you look down the wall of relievers in the Yankees clubhouse, every one of those guys says they want the ball every day. I don't need to tell you what your teammates think about you for having done that and how much respect they have for you for doing that. How do you feel about that? What what does that represent to you? It was a big effort, you know, you're trying to win that series, you know, and, and really I, I was just so locked in on, on winning, you know, it was a very important series for us and the, the level of concentration and the only thing I thought about was winning that series, you know. Um, going back to that series, you know, I, I pitched in those games and immediately after the game I told, I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go for tomorrow. You know, I'm ready to go for tomorrow. Next game came by, I'm ready to go for tomorrow. You know, I wasn't letting, I wasn't waking up the next day to see if I was ready to pitch the next day. I was just told them, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever, where, whatever you need off me and whatever I need to do to be ready to pitch tomorrow, I'm going to be ready and I will be pitching. You know, and that, um, you know, it's a it's a mentality that you put together over the years and that desire to get the ball, to find yourselves in situations like that where the the team is counting on you to do your job and that I can go and do my job and help the team. You know, um, uh, that's it. That's that's what it's all about, you know, and um, and I want my, my, my teammates uh, to be uh, uh, on that same page. You know, we, we, we want to be there together as a unit, you know, having the same idea that um, if today's my, my, my turn, I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to get go and do my job. And I don't mean this to be rude. You'll forgive me, I hope. You came over here in a trade in 2021. At the time, respectfully, I wasn't expecting that on the morning of Game 5 of the Division Series, a newspaper would write about the X factors for that night's game, and one of them would be, is Wandy Peralta available? You know, I, I didn't realize you were going to be that player, essentially, for better or worse. Did you always know you were that player? Did you always have the confidence, like, I'm the guy, give me the ball, I want the ball at the biggest moment, and I'm going to deliver? Well, what I well, like I mentioned before, I think it it's there, there's there has to be a moment, you know, um, where you have to flip that switch and think, I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be able to do it, you know. And I think it has to do with that, you know, of course preparation and all that, but um, your mentality has to be on point and have has to be ready and willing to execute and. Uh, when you trust on, on everything else that you've done and all the work and the, the, your pitches, you know, you, you just go and execute and, and, and focus on what you're doing. So then be honest, if you were the player manager of the New York Yankees and you were both trying to do what you want to do, but also stay healthy, how many games is Wandy Peralta throwing <laughs> in? 
Bueno. Cien, 172. <risa> Yo creo que mucho. Maybe one day rest. Yo diría one que day a rest. la semana tal vez descansaría <risa> un día. Rest one day a week. Oh, <risa> MVP. Out of the bullpen. <risa> so, <risa> I'm going to give you two scenarios here. It's November 4th, 2023. The Yankees are winning Game 7 of the World Series. You have two options here. 15 to nothing. Garrett Cole shut out. You don't even hey, so man. much as... World Series champions. Huh? Wow. Yeah. You don't, you don't even have to stand up. You, the phone never rings in the bullpen, whatever. You just get to watch a baseball game. Or version two, 2-1. Two, you guys are biting your fingernails all night. You get in there. You have to face the heart of the, let's, let's say, the Mets lineup. You know, you, sh you, you get them all out. Yankees win the World Series. Either way, Yankees win the World Series. Which version do you like better? I'm going to choose to face the lineup, you know. You face those in? guys, yeah. Right. Yes. I love it. How how do you what do you have to do to keep your arm fresh in order to be able to do what you want to do? Bueno, la clave sería well, it has to do with work, you know, a lot of work, a lot of preparation. You know, there's a fine line between uh, overdoing it and not doing enough. You know, um, you really got to listen to the trainers. They know your body very, very well and your arm. So all those little exercises, little things that you're doing, make sure you do, you follow exactly. Make sure you do exactly as they're telling you and not overdo it. You know, when you do that over the years, you know, the, um, with your experience and the experience they, they provide, it gives you uh, a better opportunity to stay fresh you know, stay available for the games. Are you someone who likes the work, though? I mean, there are people who do the work because they know that's their job. There are other people who really, they like doing the work. Are you a guy who likes doing the work or do you do, do the work so you sí, can win? Sí, sí, yo disfruto eso mucho. De verdad que sí, me, me, me gusta. Eh, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy working. I enjoy uh, uh, working out, uh, doing the different types of exercise. Um, and I think it also has to do with understanding your body, you know, like over the years you understand how your body feels certain days, you know, and when to put a certain amount of weight, when to take off a certain amount of weight. Um, you know, it's a fine balance and I think it all, all comes from really understanding your body and understanding um, how you can put together a string of days that are going to keep you fresh you know, uh, healthy, available, uh, available to pitch. So a combination of all that, I think, gives you, puts you in a better, uh, in a better state, helps your body relax, you know, and um, I think it's, it's, it's key to, to staying on the field and, and being available. But there's a difference. You mentioned two things there, fresh, keeps you fresh, keeps you available. There's a difference between those two things. To go back to the playoffs last year, for example, I don't think that pitching every game in a series, you can necessarily be fresh, but you can be available. And I think my question there is every day when you were going into whether Booney's office or Harkey's office after the game and saying you're available, are you saying there, I feel fine? I feel fresh for lack of a better word. Or are you saying I feel available? I can pitch and I'll deal with this next month. Por eso te dije que por eso importante. Well, and, and that's why, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, it's it's important to do something every day. You know, it's important to keep moving every day. Maybe not necessarily with the same kind of intensity, but for me as a reliever, um, understanding that my job is to be available every day um, at a quick notice, you have to find the balance and you have to find what things can get you moving in the right direction. Uh, 
certain days, what you need to do certain days against what I can do more, uh, more off, right, on other days. So understanding that really well is really what gets you through all, all the requirements, all, all, all the uh, helps you be to be available and, and, and helps you uh, stay healthy. We're doing this on a day that Garrett Cole is pitching. Garrett Cole went to sleep last night, and he woke up this morning knowing he's pitching. He's told me in the past he's probably spent a lot of this morning scowling at his adorable children. He's already got his game face on. You know, he knows this is game day, whatever. As I'm talking to you right now, you have no idea if you're pitching today. For all you know, you might be sitting there watching a baseball game, or you might be pitching the ninth inning of a baseball game. You have no clue right now. Or maybe you do, but, you're, but you, have it, you know what I mean. How... I can understand how Garrett in that situation gets himself into that game mode. He's known all along. He's starting today. How do you turn it on and turn it off? Because there is a mound persona that every pitcher needs to have, but you can't carry that with you all day if you're not going to use it. How, how do you get yourself to that point of being game ready? I think it's a unique mentality that relievers need to have. You know, uh, once the game uh, starts, the mentality is I'm in the game. You know, and that's that's the starting mentality for any reliever. Um, you you do your routine, you get yourself ready, you do your stretches, you do everything that gets you ready to pitch, ready to enter that game. You know, and I feel like um, we like hungry dogs out there looking for food. You know, and uh, we're just moving around, uh, looking for information, talking about how we're going to face the the opposing team. You know, what pitches will do will be better against uh, hitter A against hitter B. You know, and we're just constantly moving and looking, and looking and looking and looking, ready for that call. Um, that's the mentality that you need to have as a reliever. Of course, there are days where they tell you ahead, okay, today you're going to be off. So uh, going back to what I mentioned before, then that day you kind of, um, you take off a little bit of the um, amount of, of work that you're doing, but you're always moving, hungry, you know, looking for food, always moving. And then the game ends, you didn't pitch that day and you got to just turn it off? <laughs> you know, the, the switch... You, you shut off the switch once we win the game, you know, as simple as that, you know, the, we win the game, you, you hit that switch, you turn it off, you know, but at the same time, you need to have a, a, a clear mentality of, a, of, of stopping, of no. Why? Because at the same time that I'm ready to be in the game and my mentality is that I'm already in the game, believe it or not, the mentality is I want my starter to go nine innings. I want those positive vibes that I, I want him to feel the positive vibes that he's going to go nine, eight, nine innings. He's going to finish strong. He's going to do a great job. And if we have to go in, we'll go in but I want the best for my starter. And you, you need to have that understanding, you know, very clear. Um, but like I said, you know, once once we get a WDM, we hit the switch. So last thing for you, though, obviously not everything is the division series of the postseason. You're not always going to pitch every day. Yankees, they don't let a guy go three games in a row. So on that third day, let's say you pitched the previous two days, you know you're not pitching that day. How much of a menace are you in the bullpen? Are you just out there uh, cracking everybody up the whole time, or is it the same thing no matter what? 
Well, understanding I'm not, you know, let's say I'm, I'm not pitching that, that night, right? And, and, and I'm up, I'm, I'm back there hanging out with them. Um, they, they need to be, uh, they need to be, <laughs> they, need, they need to be aware that I'm, I'm there. They need to be, they need to be aware that I'm there and I'm looking to uh, mess with all of them, including Harky. Harky is my favorite. Oh, now we got a favorite. He's my favorite in the bullpen. Yeah. Because I'm messing with him every day. You know, he's, he's the guy that doesn't have to go in pitch, you know, so. I'm, I'm messing with him every day, and um, but all of them, you know, and 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 then, you know, uh, the concentration or the focus is to make sure that the environment is loose, um, relaxed, uh, that they are enjoying uh, their time there, understanding, like I said before, that we have a job to do, but I'm trying to, uh, for that time being, create an environment where everybody's relaxed and enjoying laughing. Um, and it's also very important for, for me that they understand that, you know, I enjoy this a lot too, you know, all the laugh, uh, the laughing and, and, and everything about the job, you know, I'm, I am enjoying it too. So no one could see this because it's a podcast, but when Wandy just mentioned Harky, he did wink. So I think we know it's true that, uh, Harky is the number one target. <laughs> Marlon, thank you so much. Obviously Wandy Peralta, muchas gracias guys. Yeah. This was great. We really appreciate this. Thank you. Yes. Hi, this is Jose Trevino. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. Hi, this is Oswaldo Cabrera. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. Welcome back to the New York Yankees official podcast. And Nate, I, uh, <laughs> this is episode six, so I think this is the sixth time that I say it. That was fun. I enjoyed uh, <laughs> listening to that. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to uh, get to know a guy who there, there, there's still a little bit of mystery to him. You know, we, we see what he does when he's out there on the mound. But, uh, you know, these types of interviews give us an opportunity to, to really get to know a guy on a different level. So uh, that was that was fun. That was cool. I hope it comes across. Uh, you know, I think it does. I do a lot of prep work on these. I, I really try to figure out how to use the access that we get on these interviews, how to use this time well. And one thing that I found in prepping this one was something that you know he and I touched on a little bit, which is I just don't know a lot about Wandy Peralta, both in terms of you know I don't know much about what he's like, but like literally silly thing. I didn't know if he was married. I didn't know if he was if he had kids. I, I didn't know, and he he's not a player who, as I addressed with him. I'd ever made small talk with. And I do think it's important that he and I and all of us can have these conversations with him because, you know, he, he's not just a guy who makes funny faces on the mound and gets out there nearly every day, certainly all five games in the uh, American League Division Series last year, as we spoke about, the first Yankee ever to do that. But he, he's a person in the clubhouse, just like any of the guys that I constantly make small talk with. And it it always makes me again, remorseful of the fact that I didn't learn Spanish before and why I'm trying to do it now. But it was nice to just sit across from him for a while and just really be able to learn about him and not just to talk, ask him one specific question about another reliever or about some way that he handled a batter that day. It is nice. Um, and, you know, I think we all uh, benefit from it instead of 
you know, being small talk in front of his locker, it being a long talk in front of a microphone. Um, I, you know, I thought it was really interesting that, well, one, that he hates flying. That's uh, unfortunate for a Major League Baseball player. <laughs> and man, like, they fly pretty well, too. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you, if you don't like the way that the New York Yankees fly, <laughs> I, I hope you never find yourself on Spirit Airlines or anything of the sort. But also, and, you know, you can kind of, this was something I think I had inferred, but had never heard him actually articulate is just uh, his desire to take the ball and be out on the mound. Like what he did uh, against Cleveland last year in the ALDS, like really showed me something. And I remember, um, you know, I was the guy who, who wrote uh, Wandy's player bio in the yearbook this year. And I remember going right to that, like, you know, if you want a measure of how much Aaron Boone, tr- Aaron Boone trusts Wandy Peralta, uh, just look at the fact that he ran him out there in all five of those games in a single series um, to great results, too. Um, so, you know, watching a guy, even if, uh, you know, we hadn't heard him speak at v- length, uh, watching the way he carried himself out there and just how effective he was, uh, it, it was cool to hear him. Talk about that that drive that he's got in him, that that hungry dog out there. And it is a funny thing to have to do, in a sense, to have to talk to a Major League Baseball player and say, as I did to him, like, hey, man, I didn't know that you were a pitcher who could do this. <laughs> um, because that's obnoxious. <laughs> um, but you, you, one thing it reminded me of is last year I did a piece on Lucas Litke, and we spoke a lot about this stuff too. And look, you know, Lucas Litke wasn't on the postseason roster last year because by the time the season ended, I did the story with him in spring training last year. By the time the season ended, he just wasn't a high leverage reliever, and now he's not on the team anymore. But he also was a guy who'd been away for six years before the previous season and was remarkable and and honestly earned every bit of that spot back with the team last year. And, and that was just a case when I was talking about like. What was it that you weren't able to do before that you are able to do now? And the way I just said that is a nicer way of saying, why weren't you a good pitcher before, but you are a good pitcher now? And, you know, I, I had fun when I was writing the story, not just you know, talking to Wandy, but going back to, as I, as I mentioned in the story, in the June issue, when the Yankees traded for Wandy Peralta, if you go back and listen to Aaron Boone talking about it in a Zoom presser at the time, it's not a manager who sounds like, well, okay, our bullpen is fixed right now. It almost sounded like a manager who was saying like, who's this? Uh, okay, so he pitches left-handed. That's, that sounds useful. Okay, yeah. uh, we'll figure out the rest at some point. And to go from there to, as you mentioned, game five of the American League Division Series, having pitched the previous four games, the story in NJ.com listing the X factors for the game and the number one X factor for an elimination winner-take-all postseason game is, is Wandy Peralta available? You didn't see that coming. No, that's big time. And, you know, thankfully, it's, it's carried over into this season, too. I mean, he's been uh, a huge part of this bullpen. Uh, you know, it's it's great to see. And, um, you know, I just I really enjoyed listening to him explain what's going on a little bit inside his head when he's, you know, making faces out there and stuff. And it's, uh, he's an entertaining pitcher. There's, there's little doubt about that. So, yeah. You know, and again, the bummer of it is in, in the interest of not having this podcast go on for two hours. One thing I, I assume everyone who's listening to this knows this when you're talking to a person in the situation. So I'll ask a question and then Marlon's going to translate it so he can answer it. And then he's going to answer it to Marlon and Marlon's going to translate it so I can hear it. Now, obviously that's, you know, a four-way 
essentially conversation that we're cutting down to two. So when we're editing this, you hear my question, you hear a little bit of his answer, then you hear Marlon come in. And that's obviously a useful way to convey to an English-speaking, English-language audience the conversation we had. I do wonder, and, and I don't know why I'm thinking out loud here on the podcast, I wonder if there's a way to put out just the the, the actual audio. So, Because for one thing, <laughs> no offense to Marlon, I'm accepting on faith that that <laughs> is what he actually said. Well, Mar- Marlon's had a lot of practice by this point. So. But, but I do think also, you know, because as much as I want to say it's great that we have Wandy on, it, it, it is the bummer of this, the nature of this thing. We we, we have Wandy on, but we really have Marlon on. Uh, and, and so I do wonder if maybe at some point we can uh, put put out some, because there are going to be other players that we speak to that we do through interpreters. And, you know, it, it, I think it is also important to hear their versions of the stories that they're telling. Even if every word that Marlon's saying is the same, it, it just, it, I do, I do, as I was listening to it, I felt there might be something a little bit lost in how little of Wandy's voice you heard. But I mean, again, I, I, I'm thinking out loud here, but I, I want to, and I think I've been clear on this. I love that we have this episode. I don't want the New York Yankees official podcast to be the New York Yankees official podcast of people who exclusively speak English. No, uh, yeah, I want to make sure that it is very clear that, you know, even if there are parts of this that we had to kind of jerry rig to make work a little bit, you, you know, this is a diverse clubhouse, this is a diverse sport. And I like that the podcast is representing that as well. Yeah. I mean, some of my, Favorite interviews that I've done uh, have been through Marlin uh, with players. Uh, you know, we did one when Glaber first burst onto the scene. Um, you know, he was already doing interviews in English at that point, but we wanted to do something really kind of in depth and thought it would be better to, to have Marlin help us then. And uh, that one sticks out in my mind as just a really memorable interview. And I had a really great one in spring training this year with Jonathan Loisaga. Um, haven't had a chance to write the story yet. You know, we're kind of waiting until he's back in action. But yeah, you know, I, I look forward to, to hearing more podcast episodes like this. And, uh, you know, I was listening to it earlier today and it was, uh, you know, it was like you said, it's the first time that we've uh, done a bilingual episode. And like the first couple questions and answers, I was like, oh, okay, this is a little different. But I found that my ears got used to it really quickly. And, you know, after a few questions, I kind of wasn't even really noticing it. So well, I hope, uh, I hope all of our going. listeners feel the same way. But obviously, the Wandy Peralta story, it, it, it's in the June issue. It's one of really just a number of awesome, awesome features in, in this issue. It is, look, we're kind of nearing the midway point, not necessarily of the baseball season, but of the Yankees magazine season, if you will, March, April, May, June. So here's our June issue. Then we have July, August, September, October. So, And God willing, a a World Series commemorative. There there you go. But I think I love where we are. I I love the variety of the features that we have in here. Nate, I would love it if you... We've spoken about Wandy, and we're going to speak about all this stuff more in episodes to come, but I'd love it if you gave us just a little walkthrough on what fans coming to Yankee Stadium or calling 800-GO-YANKS or visiting yankees.com slash publications can find in this uh, pub. Yeah, it's a really uh, unique and fun issue. You know, when I think about June uh, in the the baseball season and just in the calendar in general, June, June is a fun month. You know, summer gets started officially and school lets out. And, you know, we got a really fun cover uh, for June with uh, Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino. Uh, very casual in the dugout. Nestor giving Trevi a big hug. Um, I, I think, you know, I said this to Al the other day, like this is one of those covers that uh, is going to stand out. Like you're going to remember this one you know years down the road uh 
It's one that, I don't know, hopefully uh, somebody will be lucky enough to get signed by both guys. That would be a pretty nice uh, keepsake for somebody. But yeah, you know, from the uh, the cover story, the Q&A with Nestor and Trevi, which I think people are really going to love. Um, and then we really kind of span the, the gamut, you know, between uh, the past, present, and future, you know, in terms of looking back at the the team's history we have a piece on Lou Gehrig's debut which was a 100 years ago this month the present obviously you know the the cover story with these two guys the story we just talked about with Wandy and then the future we got a really nice feature that uh Brianna McKay wrote on Spencer Jones um he's was the Yankees uh first round draft pick last year is off to a great start in his professional career so I was really excited about um you know, the return of the minor league report, having a feature on a minor leaguer and a little minor league roundup in there. And we should say Brianna has been working for us for a few months. She graduated college last month, but this is her first uh, feature in the in Yankees magazine and uh, the Spencer Jones feature. And it's terrific. And it, like, I, I share what you said, Nate. It's great to have minor league coverage in this magazine. It's such a big part of what the Yankees are and what Yankees fans love. But Nate, you kind of just uh, glossed over this because this obviously comes out on Thursday. Sunday, June 11th, is a big anniversary, the 100th anniversary of Lou Gehrig's Yankee Stadium tryout mm-hmm. when he was a Columbia superstar, Columbia ball player, who came here, took Babe Ruth's bat, mind you, as I learned from your story. Yeah, Nate, you wrote this piece about this incredible moment for a very reticent and reluctant kid, yeah. in a sense, who w- w- would come to be known for every possible good attribute you could hope for in a person and certainly in a ball player. But at that point he was just a scared kid and, and Nate for you to recreate this and capture this moment, not altogether differently from how you looked at another event from a hundred years ago when Yankee stadium opened a couple months ago, you really are kind of killing the 1923 beat here. <laughs> well, I mean, these are <clears throat> some of my favorite types of stories to write, to try and imagine what it was like to be here at this corner of 161st and River Ave 100 years ago, kind of uh, just sort of paint a, a picture through the words of, of what it looks like and what it sounded like and what was going through those players' minds back then. And, you know, like a lot of the stories I've written, it, it starts with just like a simple question in my own mind. Like I wanted to know what Lou Gehrig's debut with the Yankees was like, because I knew that he had played for Columbia in the spring of 1923, and I knew that his major league debut was in June of 1923. That seemed like a really quick turnaround (laughs) to go from being a college player to a major leaguer, and he wasn't even 20 years old yet. Um, So yeah, there's this, you know, teenage kid, wraps up his career, pitches, uh, I think it was on a Saturday down at Franklin Field in in Philadelphia, the famous Franklin Field, the home of the Penn Relays every year. And two days later is in Yankee Stadium uh, for a workout in front of Miller Huggins and a few players, including Babe Ruth, are looking on. Uh, they had kind of... Skeptically. Looking yeah, on, yeah. Not, not impressed at the beginning. <laughs> no, they, they had walked him through the clubhouse prior to this, uh, this batting session. And, you know, he got to meet Ruth and... Uh, I mean, these were the stars of that day and age. So uh, here's this wide-eyed 19-year-old kind of unsure of himself. And uh, it starts off slowly. 
you know, he, he swings and misses at a couple batting practice pitches and then hits a couple weak dribblers uh, that don't even get out of the infield. But there was a group of uh, fellow Columbia students, I guess, uh, who had made the trip as well up to Yankee Stadium and were, were able to be inside and watch this workout. And they started kind of egging him on and cheering him on. And, and uh, after that, he took off and he put a bunch of balls out in the seats. And Decent, decent little career. Yeah, the rest is history, kind of. But boy, um, thank God that it worked out, you know, with him because the the Yankees were far from the only team who were hot on the trail of Lou Gehrig. And you have to wonder about so much of what the Yankees became if he doesn't. I, I, it's yeah. obvious to say in retrospect, but Monument Park exists because of what he did in those years he was with the team, and uh, yeah. it's uh, you, you do wonder about all the other stuff yeah and his you know his legacy is still just so relevant today i mean it's it's you see and hear his name all the time and and for good reason for all the right reasons um so and 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 all the tragic i mean obviously i mean you're right i don't want to deny what you said it you know i I think that we'd love to hear his name a little less uh certainly we had lou gehrig day last week when you know we look back on just the tragedy of Lou Gehrig's life in a sense and you know he's this shining star this avatar of goodness and bravery and all these things and everyone who is in baseball as you know you mentioned in your story grabs hold of his legacy because it's everything you could want in a legacy and yet as i reported a couple of years ago every single person who gets to be associated with it now would certainly very happily have no connection to Lou Gehrig and no one wants that connection to Lou Gehrig at this point and obviously this disease, ALS, it's, again, as I wrote two years ago, it has the exact same uh, prognosis today as it did when Lou Gehrig got it. And, and hopefully, certainly events like Lou Gehrig Day and, and things that the players do, but also just continue to tell his story in different ways, not just about that speech, but Nate to tell this part of his story as a, as a you know, quiet kid, scared kid, you know, trying to make a baseball team, all the stuff, uh, all the way, different ways we can remember Lou Gehrig. You hope that, uh, can keep making the progress and move down the road. Yeah, I, I think our readers are going to enjoy this one. I mean, they all know about the speech and they know about the streak, but he just led such a uh, incredible full life that sometimes you can just hone in on one week of it and uh, there's stories worth telling there as well. Nate, it's, it's a fantastic story. As we said, that story is going to be online on Sunday, June 11th, the 100th anniversary of the moment that you write about. Also online right now, we do have the Wandy Peralta feature we discussed earlier, look both ways. But over the course of this month, you can look forward to a lot more of these stories that we talked about going online at yankees.com slash magazine. And Nate, as always, looking forward to getting to this again in a few weeks, looking forward to watching baseball this weekend. I mean, you know, it's always kind of fun, I guess, when the Red Sox come to town. Sure is. <laughs> so we have, we have two Red Sox series uh, in the next two weekends. It's a lot to look forward to. And by the time... Uh, the next time we do this, it's going to officially be summer. And, uh, man, we'll basically be pretty close to the halfway point of the season. So it's moving fast. All sounds good. I'm looking forward to the next uh, podcast player interview. Well, thank you so much. We will speak to you all soon. Hi, this is Kyle Higashioka. Thank you for listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe at yankees.com podcast or at the podcast app of your choice and tell your friends.
The New York Yankees official podcast is a production of the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. It's produced by me, John Schwartz, with assistance from the entire team at Yankees Magazine, as well as incredible support from the New York Yankees Media Relations Department, in particular Jason Zillow, Michael Margolis, and Caitlin Brennan. Thanks also to our awesome social media team, Ryan Callahan, Julia Shore, and Alex Kim. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, you can even send us your thoughts over email, podcasts at yankees.com. For more information about the stories we discussed today, visit yankees.com slash magazine, where you can read all of our long-form content. If you'd like to subscribe to Yankees Magazine or purchase individual copies of the magazine, yearbook, media guide, or anything else, please visit Yankees slash publications or call us at 800 go yanks of course you can also stay up to date on everything happening here at the stadium by following us on twitter at yanks magazine or by liking us on facebook at yankees magazine that's it see you next time and go yanks